Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Tom Henry is the mayor of Fort Wayne, Indiana. And as the story goes, he was arrested Sunday morning for operating while intoxicated. He was drinking and driving. You've got an election coming up, and Fort Wayne is a city that has had Mayor Henry there for a good long time. So the question is, what does something like this do to a city like Fort Wayne? And could there be an opportunity within? Does this change the equation, allowing the Republican an opportunity? Does this lead to... A change, and is Fort Wayne ready for that? Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. Pat Miller joins me right now. He is the afternoon drive host on WOWO, W-O-W-O.com, where you hear my show. On weekends, he is the afternoon drive host from 3 to 6 p.m. Pat, it's good to be with you. Uh, you have talked to, to Mayor Henry. He is, he is a fixture there uh, for sure. These reports start coming out. What do you say to yourself? What is Fort Wayne saying? Well, Tom Henry has always been an amiable guy. Uh, he's like everybody's good friend. Um, he's from a very large family, uh, you know, of seven, eight, ten brothers and sisters, uh, just huge. And everybody loves him. The guy has had four terms in office. Now, his election is not this year, Tony. We have an off-year, off-year election for mayor around here. So he will actually be on the ballot next November for mayor. Uh, but it's kind of interesting when some people are saying, well, maybe maybe this is it. Maybe he shouldn't. I mean, here's a guy, uh, as Mayor Fort Wayne, he's going to be leveled with three charges, operating a vehicle while intoxicated, operating while endangering a person, in this case, his wife, his mother-in-law, and the lady driving the other car he hit, and operating a vehicle at 15% or higher. Uh, legal limit, you know, is 0.08. He was at 0.152. So he was over that magic 15 and really close, Tony, to two times the legal limit. Um, that's no small thing. Let me put into perspective one thing uh, that, that I can't come to grips with. He was at a fundraiser for the Civic Theater here in Fort Wayne. The story goes that he was drinking too much wine at the Civic Theater. Well, that function probably ended around 10 o'clock, 1030. Uh, and yet he was picked up uh, after midnight and placed into police custody and then processed at the jail at about 230 Sunday morning. I'm not saying he wasn't drinking wine at the a civic theater get together, but you're just left to think that maybe that wasn't all he had. Talking to Pat Miller, afternoon drive host on WoWo. 
uh, WoWo Radio in Fort Wayne. I always get it wrong uh, about the election, uh, but the, the, the conversation still holds true. And I, I should have taken even a, a further step back. Some of it can involve what happens, uh, you know, the charges that are against him. How does that affect him in office right now? But certainly, how does this affect uh, the, the, the upcoming election? But before we get there, let's take a look at how this affects uh, uh, Fort Wayne. Is, is it the feel that procedure was followed? Was anything given uh, to the mayor that would not have been given to another resident? The mayor went out of his way at his press conference, which he held at 1.30 yesterday on Sunday, just outside his office at Citizen Square downtown. Uh, and in that, he made uh, an acknowledgment uh, that he says, I'm going to be hold, held accountable for these actions in future legal proceedings. I respect the legal process. I will adhere to the legal process, and I will accept the consequences. So that was his statement. Um it was the statement of he and, and his uh, PIO guy who said that the police, at all turns of what occurred Saturday night into Sunday morning, that the police did everything as they should, did everything by the book. He was put in handcuffs. He was taken to, down to the jail. He was processed there and was in jail custody until he was released on his own recognizance. You know, it's it's... <sighs> It's weird for me because I wanted to get the full story. I want to get the take of people at Fort Wayne. Something like this is a big story in Indiana. And I, I, I would agree that to go right to the political is is, is never the, the way to go. The first thing's first. I'm glad nobody was hurt. But I had already known uh, those, those details, and so I, I felt very comfortable moving into it. I don't think I am out of bounds by saying – that even not not even in a in a in a overt way, just in a it's it's right there. There is a political ramification to this, just like we saw in Los Angeles. You have the Los Angeles Council president who was speaking very derogatory in, in very derogatory terms about the son of a fellow council member. She just resigned her position as president, not from the council as president. Right. These right. kinds of things take political careers. Will it in Fort Wayne? I, I you know. I don't know. We, we're a weird place up here. We are we are the main city in the third congressional district in Northeast Fort Wayne. We are highly, highly, highly Republican, except for the mayor's office, which has always just been weird to me. Um, but you know, again, Henry has always kind of been viewed as being the good old boy and the guy that he beat in the first election all the way back in 2007. The Republican was running a very strong race. I won't go into it now, but he did something where he really tripped all over himself and messed himself up. And you actually had Republicans coming out for Henry in that election of 2007. I'm wondering now if we're going to have Democrats come out against Henry, because this thing is the talk of the town. You can't go get a cup of coffee. You can't go have eggs for breakfast that you don't hear at the next table and the next table and the next table. Well, Henry really did it this time, didn't he? Uh, I mean, it's, it's what you might expect. Uh, you, you know, here you got a guy uh, in a in a well-financed job in the second largest city in, four, in in Indiana, and he went out and was drinking and got behind the wheel of a vehicle. Uh, and it's easy for me to you know to, to kind of point fingers here, Tony, because personally, I don't drink. I had a father who was alcoholic, and it ruined our lives. So I I don't drink, have never drank. Um, I don't really care if the mayor has a sip now and then. I really don't. 
but I think you can drink and stay below the .08 and not endanger anybody. They said that after they pulled him over, uh, they said that, in fact, you know, he was slurring. He had watery, bloodshot eyes. He, he, um, he uh, slurred his speech. He was swaying, had a very strong odor about him. And they said, I've not seen any details on this, but they said that at first when they pulled him over, he was very argumentative. So I don't know if this was one of those conversations of don't you guys know who I am, that kind of deal. I don't know that, but I do think it was curious that the mayor went well out of his way at his press conference yesterday to make sure everybody knew that he has great respect for the officers involved. They did everything by the book, and so now he just waits to see what's going to happen to him in the is, legal proceedings. Is there body cam footage? No, not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. Um, you know, it was um, – if there is or dash cam uh, footage, it, it may be that they're not wanting to release that for whatever reason right now. Maybe they want that to come out in court or something. Uh, but no, I've not been awake, made aware of any footage. And some people would say, well, what do you need the footage for? The guys admitted to everything. Um, and, and, you know, it, it might be great entertainment, but it's not going to lead to whether or not he's guilty of being drunk. He's already admitted to that. Talking to Pat Miller, radio host, 3 to 6 p.m. on WoWo in Fort Wayne, W-O-W-O.com. Uh, yes, it's it's absolutely the, the, the talk of the town. But, you know, you talk about Fort Wayne being a Republican spot, uh, dead set in the third district. That is Congressman Jim Banks's uh, district who appears on my show regularly, appears with you on, on a regular basis as well. But there is something to be said for uh, some of, especially in Indiana, some of these mayors, some of the enclaves uh, they've created. And one could argue that before this, Tom Henry was the kind of guy who could have pulled the Trump line, Pat. I could walk down Fifth Avenue, shoot somebody, yeah. and nothing yeah. would happen to me. Is that accurate? Yeah. Is that a way of explaining his uh, uh, lock in Fort Wayne? Yeah, yeah, you know, and again, because he's from a large family and the, the name Henry is on a lot of different businesses around the area. They're well thought of. They're well respected. Um, he's Catholic. Tom Didier, the Republican who plans to run against him, is Catholic. Uh, he even said, you know, I've known the Henry family for years. These relationships go way beyond politics. Pray for them and everybody involved. I'm just glad nobody was seriously harmed. Well, that sounds to me that Tom Didier, unless something huge comes up, has already made the decision, I'm not going to pull this thing out and pull it back out again and make this the campaign. Again, it might be a different tack if the election for mayor was this November as opposed to a year from this November. But it might very well change whether or not uh, Tom Henry runs. While, while I've got you, let's talk a little uh, Fort Wayne, uh, because uh, the world does not revolve around Indianapolis, no matter how much Indianapolis believes that to very well be true. Um, uh, we take a look at this election cycle and uh, there are some fascinating races like in that first district not too far uh, from you but certainly far enough away uh, Frank Mervan's race against Jennifer Ruth Green Um, we we see some other races going on uh, around the state that Secretary of State's race getting a lot of uh, of play to it Uh, where where are the people of of Fort Wayne uh, in in this race Are, are they 
uh, excited to 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 be voting? Are there things specifically that you guys are looking at in, for example, that Secretary of State's race where you've got a, a very, very uh, loud uh, liber- libertarian that's running, the Democrats running Destiny Wells, the Republicans with Diego Morales, and he's not attending uh, debates and then allegations against him, which I have no idea are true or false any, any which way. What are you hearing about this election and what subjects in Fort Wayne are moving people the most? Uh, we have a great tendency up here, and again, this is the bizarre thing about Northeast Indiana. We have a great tendency here to pull the Republican lever and then to change the vote at the mayor's slot and go with good old Tom. But as far as down the line, we are very Republican. We're extremely conservative. Uh, religion is very important in the 3rd District. Um, this is why a guy like Jim Banks, who and you know Jim, uh, this is why Jim— uh, is a favorite son here. It was it was uh, Mark Souter before him until he had uh, to resign, and we just had Mark's funeral uh, just this past Saturday, and then we had uh, Marlon Stutzman following him, and now we have Jim Banks. So you have conservative, 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 uh, and Jim Banks, you know, with the boards that he sits on, the boards that he chairs, and the committees that he'll chair after Republicans retake the uh, the majority in the House. Uh, Jim Banks is going to be under a huge limelight. In fact, if, if you have McCarthy as the speaker, probably the next two um, people in the House that will have a great deal of limelight would be Jim Jordan and Jim Banks. So if I were to play a little bit into the uh, – oh, what's what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? When you, when you, when you Gossip. That's it. Gossip. Uh, Jim Banks going to run for governor? Who are you hearing who's going to run for for governor? I think Braun is on that list. I think Trey Hollingsworth, who represented the 9th District and is not running for re-election, is going to be on that list. Suzanne Crouch is, is on that list. Is Congressman Jim Banks on that list? Uh, no, uh, because I don't think Jim Banks wants to be, because I think Jim Banks um, sees that some of the committee positions that he's going to have going forward are going to offer him a great deal of being able to actually make a difference in the laws of the land. Now, the others that you mentioned with Hollingsworth and Braun, uh, I think, first of all, they both can run. They both can put a lot of their personal money into it, and there's a lot of it. Um, up here in the third, my strong guess would be uh, that Braun would be the preferred favorite here. He won up here for his Senate seat six years ago by huge margins throughout the third district. And he has come to visit the third district quite a bit as senator, even though he's also in other places around the state. Uh, Hollingsworth, who I always thought was a great congressman, but Hollingsworth would not be recognized if you walked down Main Street in Fort Wayne. This week, uh, the, the Allen County Republican Party has something called their Reagan bean, right? It's, it's, it's a dinner. It's, it's, is that like your Lincoln Day dinner? Is it the same thing or is it a different thing? It's the same thing, except the Lincoln Day for us is in the spring. The Reagan bean dinner is in the fall. Uh, That's the day after tomorrow. In fact, we're doing my whole program Wednesday from the Grand Wayne Center, uh, and our keynote speaker is going to be Mike Pence. That's the Uh, question. Former Vice President Mike Pence is the keynote speaker. Uh, With everything that has happened over the last two years and the fallout of January 6th, et cetera, how is he taken up there? uh, Pretty well. Um, I have some people that take me to task a little bit because I still support Mike Pence a great deal. Well, why did he do this and why did he do that? And my final response to them is, like Donald Trump, don't like Donald Trump. 
somebody on that day had to follow the Constitution, and if anybody did, it was Mike Pence. His name is Pat Miller, and you can find him on WoWo, W-O-W-O dot com. I appreciate you taking the time uh, to be with us, Pat. Always a pleasure. 3 to 6 p.m. Go enjoy him. More to come up. More to come or more coming up. Either way, I'm Tony Katz. So maybe Billy Eichner realized that calling people homophobes for not seeing his movie is pretty much not a way to go. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. is uh, the, the, the number. You know, at first he's like, I didn't make this movie for homophobes anyway. It's a movie called Bros. And All right. Gay actors, gay rom-com. You put a tremendous amount of sex in the movie. Made $4.8 million at the box office. Admittedly, more than I've made at the box office, but that's not necessarily uh, something to cheer about. And he was angry, and if you're not a homophobe weirdo, you should see my movie. I didn't make it for you anyway, you bigots. Um, considering the number of gay people in the United States, 4.8 million, a lot of gay people didn't see this movie either. And now he's trying to say, you know, it was controversial. I know it was, it was clearly made people uncomfortable. Homophobia is a bigger problem than how it pertains to this silly rom-com. But do I think it's a factor? Yes, in certain parts of the country, I think it was the factor. Though, to be honest, we really didn't make the movie for homophobes anyway. This is not how you get people to your movie. You get people to your movie by making a good movie it has to be interesting it has to generate buzz it you have to be inviting to people hey there are reasons you want to see this you don't you don't call them gay haters that's the weirdest thing in the world that is the weirdest marketing approach ever and that's exactly the approach he took because in his world Anybody who disagrees with him is a bigot. Anybody who doesn't like what he likes, of course, hates gay people. This is no way to live. It really, I, I, my gosh, it is just no way to, to live, to be this way. Good Lord gracious me. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. It's true. I mean... That's, that's just quality advice, if you ask me. Absolute quality advice. Eh, he'll learn or he won't learn. He'll get a chance to make another movie. I got to make some movies. Did I tell you I got to ask to be in a movie? I'm supposed to do something in the next couple of weeks. I just don't have the, the date yet. Oh, yeah, I'm going to. I don't know. Maybe it's the start of something interesting. Could be. You never know. You never know. I'm a multifaceted man. This is Tony Katz today. It's Columbus Day. Not Indigenous People's Day. Columbus Day. Although I have no issue with Indigenous people. I do have an issue with the rewriting of history based on wokeness. So we can be clear and so we can understand each other. You cannot point to 
any culture on the globe, anywhere, that was somehow kind and loving. Nation defeated other nation, tribe defeated other tribe, and people got killed and people got raped, and it was horror on horror on horror. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. And if we want to play this game of look at what the terrible, evil Christopher Columbus did to those Native Americans, look at what Native Americans were doing to Native Americans again and again and again. I'm not screaming at anybody. I'm not calling anybody bad people. I am making the statement that history is real. And there's nothing wrong with the recognition of Christopher Columbus at all. There's also nothing wrong with having a recognition of indigenous people if you want. I don't. It's not one or the other. And the people who engage this stuff, these are nonsense people. They're bad people. Elizabeth Warren uh, putting out on Indigenous Peoples Day, we celebrate the contributions, the extraordinary resilience, and the rich cultures of the tribal nations and native communities. Today and every day, the federal government must recommit itself to honoring its promises to native peoples. I don't know why the federal government has to do it, unless you're talking about, um, you know, uh, living up to promises. You made promises to people, didn't live up to promises. You could argue that that's a problem. I could show you a lot of places where the government didn't live up to promises. Maybe the issue is... We think that government promises mean something. Maybe, just maybe, quite possibly, perhaps, if you will. We should say, you know what? Enough promises from government. Let's vote out these people who think they can make us promises. Let's have government doing as little as possible. Article 1, Section 8, please. And let's leave it to the American people to handle the rest. Also remember that Elizabeth Warren lied about being an indigenous person. She lied about being Native American for financial and social advancement. I don't listen to her on these subjects, that liar and that fraud. But I caught up with Gary Dick from InsideIndianaBusiness.com because over there at Cambridge Fieldhouse, that's where the Pacers play. $360 million investment they have made into the Fieldhouse to make it beyond state-of-the-art. And the question, of course, is what Gary Dick of InsideIndianaBusiness.com do they expect to get out of it? Yeah, no question about it, uh, Tony. It's been three years uh, in the making. As you say, $360 million. It's actually the second largest, second biggest uh, renovation in NBA history behind uh, only Madison Square Garden. And it is, it is largely done now. They had the Pacers Fan Jam on Sunday. They've got a big uh, event tonight for fans to come in and check out uh, art displays that are throughout uh, Gainbridge Fieldhouse, some 60 uh, art installations throughout uh, that uh, really depict, uh, quote-unquote, the art of the game, if you will. So it is a transformation, everything from the entry pavilion when you walk in, all new seats throughout, uh, concessions, virtually every aspect of the Fieldhouse uh, has been changed by this, uh, by this renovation. But what does it mean for for fan experience? What does it mean for player experience? What does it mean for uh, sales? Did they add more seats? Have they created an experience that will try and get people to spend more money there? What was the real purpose of the reno? Yeah, I, I think uh, all of the above. And if you ask uh, the Pacers Sports and Entertainment, they will talk about Herb Simon's desire to make sure the Pacers are in Indianapolis uh, for the next 25-plus years. They signed an extension 
uh, with uh, with the city and uh, to to uh, you know keep the team here, if you will, with these uh, renovations. So I think it's a, a number of things. One, fan experience, and I think uh, from the look and feel of the field house, it is going to be uh, different. As, as I mentioned, new seating. Uh, there's a, an interesting uh, element they created on the uh, the top level or third level, if you will, standing room only area. They've added glass where you can in that standing room only area look out uh, over the Indianapolis skyline. Also look down on action uh, inside uh, down in the bowl uh, there at the field house. So some interesting aspects there. And the technology is another piece that they're really uh, focused on or have been focused on in this renovation uh, in this uh, this project. Uh, cashless uh, concessions, uh, essentially. And there's a real feeling they feel that that can can make that uh, that uh, time at the concession stand much less, much quicker, so you can get back and see see the action. So, so I, I think as folks go to games there and, and concerts, and I only had uh, Post Malone. I think was actually the first event at uh, the uh, the Fieldhouse uh, since these big renovations. Uh, the fans will see uh, you know a lot of different uh, elements. And the one thing I should mention is outside the Fieldhouse, they'll notice that too. Still under construction, and part of this is this bicentennial Unity Plaza, which is a big gathering place that is being created as, as part of this it's going to be very dramatic. Uh, when you look at it, there's going to be a, a community basketball court that can be switched into uh, a skating rink that is larger than the one in Rockefeller center, New York city. So uh, a lot of elements both inside and outside the, uh, the field house. Talking to Gary Dick inside IndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity for growth in in the city. Of course, uh, you have uh, the, I think it's the Simon Group going for the, that new hotel project as we're discussing uh, across the street. You've seen some of the growth out there. There's uh, uh, thoughts about how we're going to redo the Circle Center Mall and what can that be. Have we uh, changed where the center of of downtown Indy is with this renovation? Is it now uh, that that area off Maryland? Is, is it uh, the the field house, or is it always uh, the the circle itself, which is in need of uh, opportunity? It's in need of, of of a makeover. You know, Anthem was there, yeah. and there were people like we should throw Anthem out. It's like you can't throw somebody out if they're paying rent. But now that they're out, what can you do with that? part of the building never mind the rest of what's on the circle so is the objective to kind of move the center a little bit further south or is the objective to have all these unique areas yeah it's an interesting question and perhaps you will see a little shift uh, to the east, I think a lot of it will determine uh, will depend upon what happens with Circle Center, uh, which uh, that once dynamic a place that has uh, certainly fallen on hard times and is uh, it, it has become uh, r- really a, a challenge for the city. A lot of effort. We expect to hear something before long about redevelopment plans for Circle Center. But I think if you look at this Fieldhouse project, there are a lot of uh, folks who suggest that this can be or this will be a spark for uh, enormous. Activity. You mentioned uh, the project right across from the field house, the old CSX building, a $250 million project, a hotel, uh, or residential living, retail right across the street. You look at redevelopment plans are going to be uh, uh, talked about very soon regarding the city market, the city county building, uh, the Signia uh, Hotel, uh, Hilton Hotel and Pan Am Plaza. And then uh, you look at uh, Georgia Street and uh, what's going on with uh, with the mall, what will go on with the mall, big question mark there. So if you add all of those together, that's literally billions of dollars in potential 
uh, economic impact and projects and those types of things that can serve as a, a, a as a maybe a stimulus uh, for the city uh, to get downtown uh, back to where it was because I think uh, you know there are a lot of people very concerned about where downtown is now you know what's happening downtown and the direction of uh, of the city. Let's uh, change gears a, a little bit. You got a bunch of things going on there uh, at InsideIndianaBusiness.com, IIB, on the, the, the Twitter box right there. And one of them is the story about Grace College. I got to admit, I know very, very, very little about Grace College. Uh, Grace College and seminaries. So I'm like, okay, maybe that's a reason I know very, very little about Grace College. <laughs> they are for people of certain incomes, are eliminating tuition altogether. What's their play, and how is that even possible? Yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah, Grace College and Seminaries up in Kosciuszko County, which is the heart of uh, the orthopedics uh, area, orthopedics capital of the world, very small uh, religious institution, one of the 30-plus private schools, private institutions around the state. And I think, uh, you know, Grace, like other institutions, are looking at ways to continue to attract students, to keep students there and to attract students. Uh, and, and cost, we all know cost continues to be uh, a top priority for parents uh, everywhere. So this is, I think, their, their answer to that. And uh, whether it's being... Uh, funded through uh, philanthropy or, you know, some of their fundraising initiatives that they have had. I don't know, but I think it's a great example of what institutions are looking at. You know, Purdue has gotten a lot of attention in Mitch Daniels' tenure there and keeping uh, tuition um, essentially frozen for the last number of years, 10 years, 12 years, whatever that, that number is. Um, and I think, Grace, this is another example of uh, institutions trying to be creative. You, the, the the governor was just in in Europe trying to bring more business yep. uh, to the state of, of Indiana. Which one of the things I, I've never had a problem with uh, the governor doing. Um, has there been thoughts on the success of this trip, or is it one of those things you don't know until you know? Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. It's a relationship building uh, a trip uh, to Germany and Switzerland, and on that trip, meeting with with potential new investors that might be interested in, in investing in the United States, but also uh, kind of sealing up and uh, solidifying relationships with big existing um, uh, companies. Roche, for example, Roche Diagnostics they, uh, visited the, uh, the parent company uh, in, uh, in Basel uh, while they were on that trip. So uh, these are the kinds of things that uh, are part and parcel. You know, it used to be Taking a, a, a trip overseas to Asia, wherever it might be, you know, it happened maybe a couple of times a year. But now we're living, obviously and have been living in a global economy. This is this is part and part, parcel of doing business and getting uh, getting investment from uh, from around the globe. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, while I have issues with with Governor Holcomb, and and and, and I do, and and uh, he has uh, unfortunately for for him. Uh, not been uh, very forthcoming. He does not engage conversation. He actively uh, uh, avoids it. Um, it's 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 bad. And and uh, on a personal level, it's it's very clear to me that it is uh, beyond a uh, a strained um, relationship. I, which would be a funny way of saying it, as if there was a, a relationship. Um, but take take the trips and go talk to people and try and bring business back. Of course, you should you should be doing this overseas. You should also be doing this uh, right here 
in the states. You should be doing this with other states. You should be doing this to California. You should be doing this to Illinois. You should be doing this to Massachusetts. You should be doing this. Grab the businesses, leave the people. Grab the businesses, leave. Let's say it again for the people in cheap seats. Grab the businesses, leave the peoples. That's that's what should be. That's what should be happening right there. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz.